We're gonna live in a house too big We're gonna buy our parents everything We're gonna wonder how you got this end Never seen you show us up and now you love to pretend One day you're gonna question Welcome to the sixth ever North of 60 forecast I'm Greg I'm Darren Thank you all so much if you're listening right now I, we're on episode six, bro. I know. I can't believe it, really. Yeah. It's like nothing, really. It's like, wow, we're on episode six. Fuck you. But... It's nothing. I'm pretty proud of it. No, I'm proud of it, too. It's just, it's, I, again, thought we'd do one episode and we'd be done. So I'm glad we're doing this still. Outside of the singles that we did this year, we've never stuck this song to anything in our entire lives. Yeah, respect. Look so, at us go. Big dub for us. Yeah. Look at us go. Who would have thought? What are you listening to lately? <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Say it again. Who would have thought? Say it, say it again. I love that Hot One show, man. It's yeah, it's good, man. I've so I don't think I have ever watched a full episode. Really? But I have seen so many clips. Like that Paul Rudd one's hilarious. The you, Shaq one's hilarious. You like check the out the John Mayer one too. Uh, I didn't even know he was on it. He's mostly just uh, saying how the host is calling him a pussy the entire oh, time. It's just rude. Well, the host is very confused. He never said one thing. Oh. John Mayer just assumed he was mocking. He's just him. taking offense to yeah. something. That show kicks ass. Yeah, but no, I uh, I've never watched a full episode of it. But I've I've seen uh, lots of tidbits of it, and it seems very funny. You're a tidbit. Yeah, big bet. What are you uh, listening to? Wow, it's weird that I asked you that first, but let me go ahead. I'm dodging Shall the I? Question. Shall I go ahead first? Um, lately, I think it kind of spawned from one of our last uh, podcasts we did, because you talked about some folk artist you were listening to, and I forget his name. Matt Mays. Matt Mays. So I um, it brought up City and Color in my head. So for the past... Oh, yeah, just the past couple of days, actually. I was listening to uh, Bring Me Your Love. That's my favorite nice. City and Color album. And don't get me wrong. I love City and Color, and I love Dallas Green. Mm. And I did not realize this until I was listening to this album. I think it was when I went to Mont Tremblant with my girlfriend, Emily, and like in um, when we went. The summer, whenever. And, yeah, yeah, when we went to Mont Tremblant. And we were driving on our way back and listening to that album. And I could not... Like, I, I forgot how corny those lyrics were, or maybe I didn't realize at the time, but like listening back to it a couple days ago, I was like, dude, this is like the epitome of a corn dog. It's sometimes really hard to go back and listen to albums you really liked when you were younger, especially albums that you had like an emotional connection to when you were younger. That was one for me. And I was like, shit, this is like not like, I, I, I like the album a lot still, but yeah, Dallas Green's super talented, but it doesn't, yeah. you don't like relate to it the same way now. No. Like, I used to be, a, like, a super big Real Friends fan. Yeah. Like, especially when, like, that uh, Everyone That Dried You Her album came out. Like, yeah, I, I love that album. So I haven't listened to it in a while because I'm scared that I'm going to listen to it and fucking hate it. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. But for me, like, I always need to go back to those nostalgic albums. Like, Real Friends, I was listening to them, too. Earlier this year, I remember listening to them, like, somewhat recently. I think it was earlier this year I was listening to Real Friends again. Yeah, and that it's a super... Well-written album, and at the time, I was, like, super hooked to it. Yeah. I'm just concerned to go back to it now. Yeah. That it's I'm not a, a sad young man anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not so angsty yeah. anymore. My album uh, was actually spurred from you a couple of weeks ago when you brought up uh, Kid Leroy. Oh, yeah, right. Is that the, is that the album? That Kid Fuck Leroy? Love album oh, is so, incredible. So good, man. So good. What are, you, what are your favorite takeaways from that album? So that track's so done. Yeah. That like um, leads off the album is so amazing, catchy, and I want to start doing uh, some like acoustic-y bass stuff going forward. Yeah, solely off of this album, 
right? That uh, obviously without you is incredible. Yeah, you just did the. Uh, yeah. You just played. You wrote a guitar solo too yeah. without you. I'm yeah. posted that. Thanks and to that Lucas for that. Yeah, shout out Lucas Mora for pushing us to uh, post TikToks. Hopefully, you'll see in the coming weeks uh, a lot more content on our social media and TikTok, especially. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah, we've got a whole. Yeah, we're we're gonna be posting on TikTok, man. We're gonna be posting on TikTok. Yeah. Finally, we're a year or so late. But hey, we out here. Hey, we did it. Uh, this past Wednesday, we just started. Um, I started sharing our our vocal sound, um, kind of a little series. Like it's gonna be like probably like eight parts of what our vocal chain is. Darren started posting um, what songs it sound like with a guitar solo. Darren started posting like lo-fi like hip hop loops that he was writing and. Dude, like it's um, we're having fun with it. It's about time we do this shit. The best thing that came out of it was our boy Rob. Uh, I believe he's oh at my God, Cold World sixty nine. Oh my God, dude! If you want to hear the best rendition of All Star by Smash Mouth you've ever heard, go to his TikTok right now. Go to his TikTok. Even if you just want some other good content, go to his TikTok immediately. What is it? Cold Cold World sixty nine. I think right. it's his TikTok. My other favorite handle of his is uh, Trapped Under Mice sixty nine, which yeah, is that's his a lifting page on Instagram. Yeah, I just double checked. Cold World sixty nine. He did a nice <laughs> rendition of the lo-fi loop that um, that Darren posted on our TikTok this uh, this past week. So definitely check that out. Rob is equally uh, one of my favorite human beings and also my least favorite human being. In the entire world. Yeah, big bet. I can't tell. I love Rob to death. I also think I hate him. Yeah, big bet. No, I, I feel that. And if you watch this video, you'll see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is more of a love, though. Right? Yeah, well. <laughs> it was a good one. Check it out. Check it. We'll be we'll be staying steady on TikTok uh, for the next little while, though. We've been creating um, a lot of different kind of content that we wouldn't have created before. So yeah. well, we've been too lazy to create before. We've just been too late. We've been busy with doing the singles and whatever, working full time. And now works like, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we're, we're doing some shit. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, on that note. Yeah. On that note, uh, this week's episode, we are going to break down our vocal chain, what we use to accomplish the vocal sound that we, that you hear in all of the singles that we dropped this year. It's changed like a little bit between every song, but the main premise of it and the main shit that we're using is still moderately the same. The principles are the same, if nothing else. Yeah, the principles are the same. Um, so yeah, this this episode will definitely be geared towards, um, I guess, any sort of person who really makes music, who records their own vocals, who mixes music, produces music, whatever else. I think this will... Hopefully you'll find this useful. I mean, it's... Not like the groundbreaking tips. It's just what works for us. Um, so let's just dive in. Yeah. Yeah, let's get it. So um, first things first, the microphone um, we always use to record my vocals is the Aston Microphones uh, Spirit. It is a large diaphragm condenser microphone. Um, we use that with the Aston Microphones Halo around it, which is just a, like an acoustical kind of barrier that, that sticks behind it. Like you see some people have like, they build their own cylinders that have like foam inside of it. Mm. This is just one that Aston microphones made. Um, so we run that Aston microphone spirit into a <clears throat> one form of a Focusrite Scarlet. I think it's actually always been the Focusrite Scarlet 18i20. I think you've always had that, yeah. But the preamps are the same in the 18i20 as they are in all of the Focusrite Scarlets. First generation is what we use. Um, 
So that's the that's the starting point. The microphone and preamp. Before I get into the actual vocal chain and plugins that we use, the microphone and the preamp or the interface that you use will have. I don't want to say like the largest effect on your on the sound that you get, but it's going to play a very huge role in like that's your bass sound. You know, like that's going to be what you're recording sounds like that you're about to work with in the mix. It's just like me as a guitarist. Like, everything starts with the literal guitar I'm using, right? Exactly. And no matter what I play through, whether what an amp or what interface or whatever, a Strat's going to sound a lot different than a Les Paul, and an expensive guitar is going to sound pretty much a lot better than a cheap one. Totally. Right? Like 100%. Yeah, and it's the same, same thing with microphones, man. Like, yeah. um, we could just record our vocals through a Shure SM58, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that, but it's yeah. going to sound a lot different than using a large diaphragm condenser microphone. Um, so yeah, then once once we're in the box, once we once we record the vocals, when it's time for us to hit the mix, um, the first thing on every vocal chain ever, no matter it's our vocals or any other vocals for that matter, auto-tune. Either auto-tune or Melodyne. Any sort of pitch correction software. Um... You can have the most perfect voice in the world. There is still room for correction to tighten everything absolutely to the grid. With that being said, um, in our sound, we don't use it to tighten everything necessarily to the grid. We leave some some sort of room, I guess, for the vocal mm. to kind of pitch around a bit. But it's it's pretty much in it's it's in key. Like we put it in yeah. key close to the grid, but not with a terribly hard retune speed. And you're not trying to go for like, cause obviously there is a thing like we were talking about last week, like old Kanye vocals and stuff Yeah, where there's, there is a call for like a super over the top auto. Travis effect. Scott, T-Pain. T-Pain, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's its own thing. And it, when it's fitting for it, it works amazing and it sounds great. Yeah. It's just not really kind of, what we are going for. Like we try to hit a more like, uh, I guess organic sound. Yeah. It's organic, but you hear auto tune on it, which right. I really like. Cause that's another thing about auto tune. The difference between auto tune and Melodyne. Melodyne is like a strict pitch correction software. It has a lot of functionality, which is amazing. You can take full guitar chords and put them every single note within that chord in tune, which is just stupid that technology can even do that. Super cool. Um, but Autotune has its own distinctive sound to it. So even if you put Autotune in and um, you're not necessarily affecting the vocal that greatly, you're still going to hear Autotune on that vocal. <laughs> so we do use Autotune as an effect, but not like we don't strive for anything like a Travis Scott or. Yeah. No, no, not like a heavy auto-tune sound. I've always found it funny, the, uh, and it's not really from our generation, but from other generations, the stigma around auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> that if you use auto-tune on your music, you're a terrible singer, you can't sing, you it's don't like, know what you're doing. Dude, name one artist before like 2005 that hasn't <laughs> used auto-tune. And even, I'm sure there was like, even if it's not auto-tune, there's corrections being done in the studio for as long as music's oh, man, yeah. been made, right? Yeah. Like... I've just always found it like such a weird hill to die on that if you use auto tune that you're not a good singer. It's like every single human being uses it. Fucking Justin Bieber uses auto tune. You want to tell me Justin Bieber's voice isn't amazing? (laughs) Like every, all of these, all of these artists use auto tune. Whoever's mixing them. If they, if the artist didn't use auto tune in the studio, whoever's mixing them, I promise you that they put pitch correction software on there if it wasn't done in editing. Even outside of pop music, like I'm sure if you listen to like modern rock, modern fucking punk, everything, modern yeah. everything, 
it's happening. Yeah. Everything, every, pretty much every genre of music uses autotune if it's yeah. a vocally driven genre. I love Blink-182 to death. I've seen Tom DeLonge sing live quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. It's a good fucking thing they did because they would not be as popular if they yeah. didn't. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, autotune is just, it's a very standard thing. Um, if you don't have the budget for autotune or Melodyne is, is more expensive too because of its functionality. If you don't have, um, the budget for that, most softwares come with a free pitch correction. If you're using, if you have a Mac and you use Logic, I believe even GarageBand, I might be wrong on that, but if you use Logic, um, there's they literally have a plugin called pitch correct mm. it's like apple's yeah. autotune i've used it i'm not a fan but if you're on a budget you can use that you know there's there's workarounds for it i think pro tools even comes with a basic one too doesn't it maybe maybe I the new so. versions of pro tools yeah anyways. yeah but again if you're if you're already at the stage where you already have like a a working pro tool setup odds are you're probably going to be looking more towards the actual like branded autotune yeah like if you have pro tools you probably just you spend the money on Pro Tools, just get auto tune. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? pretty much. But um, yeah, so we always, always, always start with pitch correction software of some sort. For our vocals, for my vocals personally, it's always auto tune. I I like how my vocals sound with auto tune. I think it works with our sound. Um, so yeah, auto tune for us. That's that's the first part of our chain. Second part, always uh, subtractive or surgical EQ. So what that means is we are going to use a standard EQ that doesn't add color. So we're not going to use like an SSL G channel strip or like a Neve preamp or anything like that. We're going to use what we use is actually just the Avid stock seven band EQ and we don't use it to boost any frequencies. What we're going to do here is we, we cut off low end that we don't need because any low end will just muddy up your mix. Um, and in, in your vocal, like you don't need below like even 100 to 120 hertz. Some people say not to go over 80 hertz, but I found with my voice, we can cut out under 120 and um, there's still body in my vocal. And most vocalists that I've mixed, I've found that too. But um, yeah, you use to cut off the low end and then we use it to pull out any annoying frequencies that we hear in my vocal. So we'll literally, we'll set um, a band to a very high Q, like a five Q and we will turn it up really loud to like plus 12 DB and just drag it across the frequency spectrum until we hear like an annoying frequency. Generally like nasally sounds suck. Um, there's some like consonant sounds that you can lightly pull out maybe like 3 dB in the EQ before you put a de-esser on later um and um like chonkiness like the honk honk that sound the honk interesting yeah so you get a lot of that around like um 800 hertz I'd say but on my vocal at least so we use a, a subtractive or surgical EQ um after that Generally, um, I, I, I actually just started doing this in our mixes uh, about like halfway through the year, but I've done it pretty much ever since. Um, I use a multi-band compressor and I use it to, you can use it really wherever you feel is best, but how I use it is I focus in, uh, first of all, I use the Waves C4 multi-band compressor. I'll focus in on the uh, low mids. For my vocals, I think it's usually around like, from 150 to like 280, 300, give or take. 
and I'll, I'll compress only that section. So instead of pulling that all the way out in the EQ, where it's I'm taking the life out of that frequency completely, mm-hmm. now by um, compressing it, it, it's only going to react when that frequency hits a, th- a certain threshold. So if that frequency ends up being louder at a certain part in the song, now it's going to be pulled back and it's not going to be so overwhelming. Cause I find in my voice and with the microphone we use, um, that the low mids can get, it can start to get a little boomy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I use multiband compression there. The whole concept of compression has always been very, uh, I guess confusing is the right word to me. Yeah. So coming from like a guitar background, like I, everyone uses a compressor pedal on their board. You never really know what it does. You just know it's glue. It tightens it up. So a typical, you know it tightens everything up, and the typical use of it is start to turn the knobs on it until it sounds the way you want it yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then when getting into, like, uh, production and Pro Tools and stuff, the whole concept of compression just completely goes over my head at times. Yeah, so the easiest way, we could do a whole episode on compression. Yeah. The easiest way to explain compression is it reduces your dynamic range. Mm. So... It's basically going to take the peaks of your performance and the mm-hmm. low parts of your performance, and they're going to, depending on how you set your thresholds and how hard you have the compressor hitting, they're mm-hmm. going to squash them together. So mm, That makes sense. It's Compressors are good to act like um, kind of the glue of a mix, if you look at it as if you're using it like on an overall mix bus, mm-hmm. whereas you're going to have all of these instruments sometimes will battle together and whatnot but you'll have all of these instruments that you need to kind of sit really nice together you're going to put compressor you're going to put a compressor on the final mix bus Mm -hmm. and it's going to just bring everything together and have it sit all nicely and glue it all together yeah that makes sense so on vocals it's use well i'll jump into that now so the next thing we use after the (laughs) multi-band compressor is yeah it's a good segue yeah that worked out well um the first thing after the multi-band compressor is um uh i don't know what i call it i just i use two compressors after the multi-band compressor i use two compressors in the vocal chain the first one being like uh I guess kind of a soft, but it, it still hits quickly, but it's a soft compressor that's only going to catch like peaks of the performance. So I'm only going to set it to a, a kind of a lower threshold. So it's only going to catch like where I really end up belting something or I sing louder at one part than another. Mm-hmm. It's only going to catch those peaks and attenuate it by like minus 3 dB or minus 6 dB. And then um, fast attack, fast release on the compressor. The next compressor... Um, we use is to more round out the vocal and fully compress it. And now the peaks aren't going to react to that second compressor. So violently per se, Mm -hmm. those are already kind of rounded out a little bit. So now when it goes into the second compressor, it's a full, um, it's just like a nice, I guess I've already used the word glue, but it's like, it's kind of a glue to the vocal. Mm -hmm. It brings everything together nicely. I, I generally, Go around with vocals. I'm I'm fairly um, aggressive with compression because you want them to really pop out in the mix. So the second compressor generally is around minus six dB, sometimes even like minus eight dB, depending on the type of track. Just to help it cut through everything better, like to cut in front of everything. Yeah, essentially, it brings it makes it sound more full. You're bringing the whole 
frequency range kind of together more. Mm. Um, within doing that, something to be mindful of. So we record all of our vocals in a room, in a bedroom, not a professional studio, like a vocal booth. So we have to be mindful of noise in the room that we're recording in. So we can't compress like too, too much because when you reduce dynamic range, like I said, so you're bringing the peaks of the song up and the low parts of the song up. Mm -hmm. So if you're bringing the low parts of the song up at the same time, that means you're bringing all the noise from the background up. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful when you're compressing that you don't bring to introduce too much noise back into your mix. So this is why uh, in the summertime, when it's 87 oh, degrees God. in your bedroom. Yeah, that's why we have to turn the fan off. Uh, it's just fucking brutal. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It's good, too, when your neighbor decides he wants to blast Rock 95 really, really loud in his backyard. Yeah. His dog starts barking, too. Yeah. All the time, too. Yeah, no, constantly. Yeah. That's not even his dog. That's another dog. That's a whole other thing, though. But That's a separate episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a whole other episode the on that. of our neighbors. Yeah, shout out our neighbors. I don't have any, actually. Yeah, no, you don't. Big bet. But um, anyway, it's the worst segue ever. <laughs> we got away with a good one like two minutes ago. Too. I know. Well, now like I can't segue out of that out of the neighbors. But so the neighboring compressors. Once we're done with those, wow, right? No, Moving no, on. good. It was good. I was complimenting you. Yeah, bet. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> so that's what we have so far. We could do auto tune, um, subtractive EQ, first compressor, second compressor. So that's our full compression, uh, the multi-brand compressor, which we started using too. Um, we put a de-esser on there, which obviously de-esses the track. I don't really need to explain that too much. Um, the de-esser, you can kind of use whatever de-esser you want. We use a Waves de-esser. The stock de-esser works just fine. And uh, transparently, I don't find a huge difference between any de-esser I've ever used. All it's doing is, depending on how you set it, it's essentially lightly compressing... Um, a certain frequency frequency range where there's a lot of consonants like that's sounds. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially its own multi-band compressor, but it just focuses on the one band. Um, we use a de-esser. De-esser. I hardly know her. That's a classic. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I can get that in. No, it's a, I'm glad that's you did said. that. No, it's good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is all I really have to offer to this episode. <laughs> That's okay. We out here, bro. We out here. Um, yeah, and then this one is totally... This is not necessary, and some people may say you shouldn't do it. We don't even do it in every song, but there's been a few songs where it's worked well. Lose Control, although like in hindsight, I think I could have mixed that better, Um one thing we didn't lose control that I think really worked well on the vocal sound is at the end of the vocal chain, we put uh, another EQ on it. That's more of a colorful EQ. It's actually a Neve, um, like a Neve modeled preamp sounding EQ. And we boosted, I think it was above 10 K or above 12 K just by like 1.5 or two DB. Um, on the vocal, and it gave it like such this nice, uh, like breathiness and air to it. Um, so sometimes you can add an EQ like that. I've never really added other frequencies to vocals, sometimes, um, in the range of one to 2.5k, but even then, your vocal is probably already enough, your vocal is probably already plenty aggressive, like at the presence points, which would be around there. Um, yeah, so that's it for essentially the main vocal chain. And then we get into 
So we send it then through buses. We send it into a reverb, of course. We use Soundtoy's little plate on almost all of our vocals. We have used Wave Rverb and Wave's um, Trueverb, but Soundtoy's little plate, dude, it is... I, I love that um, reverb so much. We use it on our snares as well, and we've used it on guitars sometimes mm -hmm. too. It's on sale right now, 39 bucks. Yeah, there you go. And, and always keep your eye out on Sound Toys and Wave sales. That yeah. shit always goes on. That's why I have Sound Toys and Wave Like every three weeks, I get the same ad that it's on sale for 60% off. Yeah, exactly. And every major holiday they do too. Yeah, like right now it's um, Boxing Day. Pre-Boxing Day, day so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we out here. Yeah. Pre-Boxing Day, post-Boxing Day. Dude, Waves, just, Waves Cyber Monday sale hasn't even ended yet. And Boxing <laughs> Day is on Friday. So it's like... It's crazy. There, there's always sales going on with those guys. Um, but yeah, little the sound toys, little plate, shit slaps. I love that reverb. Um, and I believe it's like an Abbey Road emulation is what they went for with that. But it's it sounds great. Um, and then we also send it into a delay. The delay bus that we send it to, we send that back to the reverb. Um, you can send it to a separate reverb if you want. But we generally send it to the same reverb. Um, for the delay, we use the Waves H delay. Yeah, the Waves H delay, I think it's called. Whatever the hybrid series Waves delay is, I think it's called the Waves H delay. We use that. Um, a lot of cool settings within that if you want to get crazy with it. And then we do, we also send it to a distortion bus where there's two options we use. One is the Manny Markin, um, distortion plugin that he put out which is it sounds great it's really good on guitars but i love it for vocals and with the distortion we use just a touch of it like mm. you can barely hear it but if we were to take it away you'd notice that there's something missing yeah we go to like the point of breakup not yeah. a full-on like saturated breakup exactly and it's like we've talked about before like when we use textures and in, in our songs like even if it's background noise that we put in the song it's like it's it's not necessary. It's not a focal point of the song, but if it wasn't there, like you'd notice that there's something missing, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, distortion. So if we don't use that, uh, the Manny American distortion by Waves, then we use a free one. Um, by oh man, I don't even know what the company is. So by Softube, um, the uh, your saturation, the right? saturation yeah. knob, and it's literally one knob. You can set it to high, mid, and low. And you just control the one knob to control the saturation that you're adding to the track. And, dude, 808s, we use mm -hmm. that on, I think, every single 808 ever. For sure we do, yeah. Uh, we use that on a lot. Oh, a lot. Actually. We use that on snares, on yeah. kicks. Ambient, uh, like, lead guitar textures we use it a lot on. Yeah, totally. Fucking, um, yeah, a lot of guitar stuff we've used that on, mm -hmm. too. Vocals. Sometimes the vocals, I won't even put it through a bus. Sometimes I'll put it, like, straight on the vocal track itself. Mm. And just send it directly through saturation just because I like the sound of it. Um, and yeah, man. And then at the end, I mean, so we'll we'll mix all of our background vocals. Background vocals we do a little differently, but I'm not going to dive, dive too deep into that. It's essentially the same principles as of how we mix the lead vocal. Once we have all of our, we mix all our background vocals and the lead vocal, we send them all into one vocal bus. And on that bus, we again put compression not heavy compression, just compression that's going to hit around minus 2, minus 3 dB. Just glue all of those vocals together because we have to be mindful that these com these vocals are again going to be compressed in the um, mix bus and then again compressed in mastering. So 
vocals are generally in most genres of music um, heavily compressed. Mm. So I'm not, I'm never too concerned with that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's our vocal chain. It's a North of sixty four vocal sound. That's how we accomplish that. I think you actually learned something a lot from this. You must, know, as an outsider looking in. I feel like yeah. I learned something from this. There you go. We talked about some compression today. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, big bet. That's a good one. Big bet. Yeah. I think we could probably round it off quick. Like 30 minutes. That's... Yeah, we're getting better. We're getting better. See? This is what we wanted. This yeah. is how long we wanted these episodes to be. We were going for 20 at first. Yeah. Well, fuck, here we are. We shit the bed with the 45 one. But I think that was a good episode. So. It's fun, you know? Yeah. Having fun doing this. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I mean, hopefully, cool. um, if you're any sort of technical person or if you want to learn this stuff or you're... If you, if you're fucking better than we are with this stuff, and you were just looking for new techniques to try, hopefully whatever your path is, hopefully you, you're able to take something from this. And um, our DMs are always open too, so feel free if you guys have some stuff that we're not doing, hit us up. Yes, yeah, sure. If you yeah. think there's something that we could be doing um, better, like listen to our mixes. If you want to critique them, or if you just if you think there was something that we mentioned here where you're like, huh, and you just want to talk about it. Dude, just hit us up. Yeah. We're always sure. happy to talk, man. We're we're nerds at heart. So Absolutely. If yeah. we can talk about gear or any sort of like audio manipulation or anything like that with anyone, fucking hit us up, man. If there's any uh wrestling fans listening to, by all means hit me up. Yeah, big bet. I'm always down to talk some AEW. Anyone who's trying to talk AEW, yeah. that's pretty much yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, big bet. Thank you all so much. If you made it this far. That. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.